Welcome back to Stories of a Faithful God for Kids, the podcast where we see God's kindness and power through the things he's done in the past. I'm your host, Dave, and I can't wait to get into the story today. Before we do, though, let me ask you, what are you afraid of? What scares you or worries you? Spiders? Bears? Monsters? Maybe it's getting up in front of your class to speak. Maybe you're scared of not having enough friends. Maybe you're scared of a person, like a bully at school or someone in your family. I wonder if you're ever scared of God. Some people are really scared of God. Other people are like, what? You don't have to be scared of God. He's kind and loving. Why would you be afraid of him? Well, let me tell you, the Bible shows us that there actually is a right way to fear God but there's also a wrong way to fear him as well. In fact, we'll see both in today's story. You might remember from the last few episodes that God had sent a message to King Ahab of Israel. He'd sent the message through Elijah saying, there'll be no more rain or dew on the ground until I say. It was a punishment because they'd started worshipping Baal instead of God. But it was also a kindness. God was showing them that Baal can't do anything and they really need to come back to him. Well, after Elijah gave the message, God told him to run away and hide. This is now the third year since anyone in Israel has seen him. There hasn't been a single drop of rain in all those years. There's almost no food left for anyone. But now he's coming back. It's time for our next episode of Stories of a Faithful God for Kids. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1, we're told this. During the third year without rain, the Lord spoke his word to Elijah. The Lord said, Go and meet King Ahab. I will soon send rain. So Elijah went to meet Ahab. This is great news. God's going to send rain. He's going to bless the Israelites again. Not because they deserve it, but because God is really kind. But can you feel the tension in the air? This is the third year since Ahab's seen Elijah. He might have laughed at Elijah at first, but he wouldn't be laughing now. How's he going to react when he sees God's prophet? Before we find out, we get to zoom in on what's happening in Ahab's capital city, Samaria. Verse 2 tells us that there is no food left in the city. Imagine that. Have you ever had a situation where there's no food in your house and no food in your neighbor's house and no one at school has any food and there's no food in your entire town or city? Pretty scary. So Ahab calls over a guy we haven't met yet. It's really worth meeting him though. His name's Obadiah. God tells us a few things about him. First, we're told he's in charge of the king's palace. 
So, you know, he's pretty important. That's not the most important thing, though. The most important thing is that unlike Ahab, Obadiah has not given up on the Lord God. In fact, the Bible tells us that Obadiah fears the Lord. And that's a really good thing, because fearing God actually makes him really brave. Does that sound weird? How does fearing God make you brave? Let me explain. Do you remember Ahab's wife, Jezebel? We haven't heard too much about her yet, but we know she's bad news. Now we find out some more detail. It turns out she's been having all the prophets of God killed. She's trying to get rid of everyone who supports the God of Israel. Now Obadiah, he has a choice. Who will he fear? He can either fear Jezebel or God. Being afraid of Jezebel, that seems pretty natural, right? You can see her. She's the queen. She's got all this power and she's running around having prophets of the Lord killed. You understand why Obadiah might think, oh, I should really help the queen, otherwise I'm dead meat. But instead, Obadiah fears the Lord. You see, Jezebel can only kill his body. And then what more can she do? Nothing. In fact, if Obadiah sticks with God, he'll just raise Obadiah back to life when Jesus comes. So there's no point fearing her. God can fix anything she tries to break. What if he turns his back on God, though? Well, we've already seen what's happened to the Israelites who've turned their back on God. He switched off the rain as easily as switching off a light switch. You see, God's not mean or nasty. But when you say, I don't want God, you're also saying, I don't want anything that he gives. And everything that's good comes from God. Happiness, friendship, love, fun, rain, food, drink. And even though now God's been really kind and giving people lots of chances to come back to him, when Jesus comes again, he'll give them what they've tried to have. He'll shut them away from him. And all goodness and all happiness and all friendship and love and fun. And he'll do it forever. That's really scary. That's why God wants to warn Israel. That's why he's giving them so many chances to come back. You see, God's not mean or nasty. But when you say, I don't want God, you're also saying, I don't want anything that he gives. And everything that's good comes from God. Happiness, friendship, love, fun, rain, food, drink. And even though now God's being really kind and giving people lots of chances to come back to him, when Jesus comes again, he'll give them what they've tried to have. He'll shut them away from him and away from all goodness and happiness and friendship and love and fun. And he'll do it forever. That's really scary. That's why God wants to warn Israel. That's why he's giving them so many chances to come back to him. And Obadiah's like, oh, I don't want to be shut away from God. God's so good. And so he fears God in the right way and sticks with God. A bit like if you're skydiving. 
That could be heaps of fun, right? For some people. It lets you see things in a way you'd never see them otherwise. But if you're jumping out of a plane, you should be afraid of falling all the way to the ground and going splat. And your fear of that would make you wear a parachute. And because you're wearing a parachute, you actually have nothing to fear. Obadiah fears God. And so he sticks with God, which means actually he has nothing to fear. If Obadiah sticks with God, then God will stick with Obadiah. And if God's on Obadiah's side, there's nothing that Jezebel can do that God can't make better. So that makes Obadiah really brave. Instead of helping Jezebel kill the prophets of the Lord, he's actually saved as many as he can. He's managed to get 100 of the Lord's prophets and hide them in two caves, 50 in one cave and 50 in the other. And he also managed to get food and water to them. Remember, they're in a drought. The country's running out of food, but Obadiah probably spends a huge amount of money and risks being killed by Jezebel if she finds out. All because he's not fooled by Baal. He knows who the real God is, and Obadiah is going to stick with him. Well, Ahab, who I assume doesn't know what Obadiah's done, calls him over. He says, Look, we've got to try and find some grass to keep at least some of our horses and mules alive. You go one way in the country, and I'll go the other way. Search in every corner of every valley and every creek and every river. Maybe you will find something. Do you see how desperate they are? So they head off in different directions. And as Obadiah is walking along, imagine his shock when, casually, Walking up the road towards him is the man who everyone's talking about. No one's seen him for almost three years. You can hear it in Obadiah's voice in verse 7 when he says, Elijah, is it really you, master? Elijah answered, Yes. Go tell your master, the king, that I am here. Now that might sound like an exciting message to take one that Ahab's been waiting three years to hear, but it freaks Obadiah out. And here's where he starts fearing God in the wrong way. He thinks God may sort of trick him. He says, what if I tell Ahab that you're here and then God makes you disappear and takes you off somewhere else? Ahab will kill me. And he tells Elijah how he's risked his neck to serve God, how he's hidden a hundred of God's prophets away in caves and given them food and water. He's survived so far, he doesn't want to be killed now. And he's afraid that God's not going to look after him. Afraid that God won't care about him. Afraid that God will make it look like he's lied to Ahab. God's not going to do that though. God's faithful and kind. You don't ever need to be afraid that God is mean or nasty or trying to trick you. Obadiah doesn't need to be afraid that God doesn't care about him. And Elijah gives him a firm promise in verse 15. Elijah answered, I serve the Lord of heaven's armies. As surely as the Lord lives, I will stand before Ahab today. So Obadiah now bravely trusting God again, knowing that God isn't going to trick him, 
goes to get the king. And now, after almost three years, Ahab comes to meet Elijah. And he is angry. He puts all the blame for all the problems on Elijah. In verse 17, as he sees Elijah for the first time in ages, he calls out, Is it you, the biggest troublemaker in Israel? It's so easy to blame other people for the wrong things we do, isn't it? He made me eat all the ice cream in the fridge. She made me really angry. Do you ever do that with your brothers or sisters or people at school? We don't like admitting that we've done the wrong thing. And Elijah could be afraid. He could be scared that Ahab's going to give him, get him killed. But Elijah trusts God, so he's not afraid of Ahab. Elijah's like, me? It's not me, mate. It's you. He says in verse 18, I have not caused trouble in Israel. You and your father's family have caused all this trouble. You have not obeyed the Lord's commands. You have followed the Baals. Ahab didn't fear God. He figured he could chuck God in the bin and go off to follow Baal. He didn't think he needed God. But look where that's got him. Stuck in a drought with no food left. It's really silly to think, I don't need God. If you stick with God, you have nothing to fear. God's stronger than anything in the world. You don't need to be afraid that God won't care for you. He loves you. He'll look after you. And one day, he'll take you to his home. Elijah, he's certainly not afraid of Ahab. He says, here's what we're going to do. Get all the people of Israel to meet me at this place, Mount Carmel, and bring all those prophets of the other gods, the 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, all those prophets who Jezebel's fed and protected. He can't ask him to bring all the prophets of the Lord because Jezebel's had them all killed, the ones who aren't hiding in caves anyway. And so all of Israel come to Mount Carmel, all the people who have treated God like he's nothing, and all the prophets of Baal are there, and all the prophets of Asherah are there, and standing at the front of all these people, all by himself, looking weak and useless, is Elijah, the one and only prophet of the Lord God of Israel. It's time for a showdown between Baal and the Lord. But that's a story for next time. G'day everyone, are you enjoying the story so far? If you are, please make sure to rate and review the episodes on whatever platform you're listening to, if it's Spotify, if it's Apple Music, wherever it is, it'd be great, it would really help me and it would really help other people to discover the show and to say, hey, people are enjoying this and I think I'll give it a listen as well. 
Also tell people, tell people and share it with people on social media, however you want to do it. Tell people, listen to stories of a faithful God for kids. It'll really be good for you. Also, the website is now live. It's open. It's ready to go. Faithfulgod.net. Faithfulgod.net. Check it out. Um, You can do a few things there. You can uh, join up to the prayer and newsletter. You can find out more about me. There's a really bad photo of there. Just check it out. And But you can find out some information, a bit of my background. You can also get in contact. I want you to get in contact there. There's a contact page. Tell me how you're finding the show. What do you like? Uh, tell me, uh, ask any questions. It'd be really great to hear from you. Also, if you're a grown-up, don't forget Stories of a Faithful God. It's a longer form. You go into more detail, and uh, we're really enjoying putting that together. So, Stories of a Faithful God. Don't forget the website, faithfulgod.net, and please rate and review the show. Thanks.